champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. I must be the greatest. The champ is here. I'm gonna continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will I not, not lose. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with we. My name is EJ and I got my man. Yeah, he is the DB of the show and we're black in sports, giving a voice to the culture that won't shut up and dribble. Here interviewing the best professionals in the game and in the boardroom. All right, so covered it all, laughing it all while providing a platform to be heard. So let's pay some bills. Our show sponsor is... Windermere agent Stacy Connor. Whatever your real estate needs are, Stacy is here to help you reach your goals and confidence. Top real estate agent of the director of sports and entertainment division here in Las Vegas. You can reach her at 702-741-5944 or at Stacy Connor at Windermere.com. All right, let's jump right into it. So Brooklyn, stand up. <laughs> I mean, that's Brooklyn Center, <laughs> Minnesota. All right, man, we have a Minnesota Golden Gopher alumni in the house, and he is our local sports reporter for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Let's clap it up for Sam Ward, man. Welcome, uh, man. Far too kind, fellas. Thank you. What a warm ovation. Hey, that's our, hey, and then we jump right into it. So how we like to start our show is we have a shoot-your-shot moment. So this is where you tell us a story. Funny story, good story, bad story, but how you shot your shot where you went for it all, gambled on yourself, bet on yourself, and it could have been something positive, you dunked the ball, or maybe you, you fumbled <laughs> the layup. So give us a shoot your shot moment. Yeah, shoot your shot moment. Um, once again, uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I would say how I got out to Las Vegas, definitely a shoot your shot moment. I graduated, um, like you said, proud Golden Gopher, 2014. There you go. I had a job. Uh, my first job out of college was in the Twin Cities. I always wanted to be a journalist. I knew... As soon as I figured out, and that was pretty early on that I wasn't going to the league, it didn't take me too long to figure that out. But as, <laughs> as soon as I kind of realized, okay, um, this isn't happening for me. Uh -huh. uh, what other what other avenues are there to get into sports to be around people? Those are the things I like. Sports okay. and people, my two favorite things. There you go. Uh, along with music as well, but sports and people. So okay. go to the University of Minnesota, uh, study journalism there, uh, jobs, internships, student newspaper, the whole nine yards. Applied everywhere all over the country. Uh, the the best opportunity for me coming right out of college 2014 was a company called Sport Radar US. And at that time, uh, they were mainly based, it, it was a startup, originally called Sports Data. It was a startup on a, a, at a small private university in the Twin Cities. Okay. Now it's it's blown up. I'm not there anymore, and I had nothing to do with the blow up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it blew up, and it's a, it provi they provide a ton of stats and information for all the leagues. Okay. I mean, different companies. All it's, They've done really well. Gotcha. But I was on, in 2014, I was in the content division, and we had a, uh, I wrote, more or less, I wrote and edited recaps for, for men's and women's college basketball. Okay. All the teams, all the power conference teams, the ranked teams, and then college football, every Division One game. Very, very... Um, AP style, just kind of facts. You know what I'm yeah. saying? There wasn't any reporting done. It was writing, but it wasn't reporting. It wasn't being in the field. It wasn't doing anything like that. It's very stable. Uh, it allowed me to pursue my other interests. I had flexibility where I was able to coach basketball back in the Twin Cities for three years um, at my alma mater, and and I had a 16U team, and um, I was able to, to do some freelancing for St. Paul Pioneer Press uh, and other places, other small publications in Twin Cities. So with that said, I'm stable. I have a full-time job. I'm, everything's good. And out of the blue, I get a call from one of my former professors, who is actually now currently the publisher at the Las Vegas Review Journal, Keith Moyer. Oh, wow. Shout out to him. Yeah. I get a call out of the blue saying, hey, do you want to be an intern at the Las Vegas Review Journal? We, we might have a spot for an internship. <laughs> intern. Okay. Now, mind you, like I said, I'm set yeah, full-time all those things. <laughs> but it wasn't necessarily the avenue in sports media that I wanted to be in full-time. It, okay. it was a great starting, like I said, great opportunity. I was happy for that experience, but I no. wanted to be in the field. Absolutely. And at, at that point, I had never been out of the Twin Cities. So, uh, not long-term anyways. I did an internship in Washington, D.C., but DC that was only a couple bit. months. Right. Uh, and I never moved out of the Twin Cities. And, you know, okay, do I want to quit my full-time job, leave everything behind, leave my coaching? You know, I really loved coaching oh, basketball. Yep. Leave that, leave my full-time job to go out and be an intern for three mm -hmm. months, and I don't know if that's going to lead into something else. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's I said, okay, I'm, I shot my shot. I'm going I'm I'm to I'm I'm go do it. Uh, and, uh, and now we're here. It's December of, of, of December 30th, 2020, yeah, 2020, right? Almost the end of 2020. So that was more than four years ago, and I'm still here. I, uh, I was an intern for, for three months. I went back to the Twin Cities. Uh, it was tough for right, a while because right. I didn't have any anything full-time back right, home, yeah. but I, I figured it out. I made it work, and that, that April of 2017, I get a phone call or an email 
hey, we're interested in, you want to come back out here again? And we'll get into that. And, That's dope. And I came back. That's so, dope. <laughs> uh, I, coming out to, I mean, coming out here, doing that, making that decision was a complete life changer and yeah. uh, extremely grateful for the platform that Sport Radar provided me back then and now for the platform the RJ provides me now. I love yeah. it. So where did the uh, the love for sports start? Where did that start? And even the love for writing start? Where did those two things start? Yeah, I guess sports for me, uh, I can just, I can, my dad is a big sports fan, so he's from Cleveland, Ohio, and there's a rich, well, a not-so-rich tradition in yeah. Cleveland until recently. I mean, yeah. it's a rich tradition. Hey, sure. I mean, tradition. 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 it's a tradition. Yeah. Winning, losing, it's a tradition. It certainly is. That's, a, that's a definitely a, a good way to put it. But he was a big sports fan, and, and I, I, my ever since I, when I was little, very, very little, you know, toddler, I remember basketball being on in their house, Timberwolves games, and Free throws, I always caught my... That was the only part of the game I cared about when I was a kid, is free throws. Free throws. <laughs> I perk up. Well, free, th- free throw shooting, the rest of the game, I'm not paying attention. But uh, okay. I, I still don't understand why that is. But over time, that snowballed and it was just... I was watching, even just as a kid, I, I started collecting cards and... Uh, I would follow the... we dial-up internet back in the, in, yeah. in the, in the 90s and I would... <laughs> reset you know my dial-up it would take yeah. 20 minutes but to see all the game <laughs> scores from all around the nba and it just became a thing um that i love to follow it started with basketball i was a big baseball fan when i was a kid i played baseball uh football was probably next but it was just they just became a big part of my life my primary interest ever since i can remember and um i played all three up until high school stopped playing basketball in high school played football and baseball all the way through but i always knew um, that I wanted to be involved in sports, that it was they, they bring people together, right. people from all walks of life, all all over the world come yeah. together, to, can 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 unite and and be part of something, and that's pretty special, and that yeah. always appealed to me as well as you know the competitive aspect of it as well. So, so in, in Minnesota, there's there's pretty good brand of basketball there. So why did you stop? If you don't mind me asking, going into high school, stop um, playing. Yeah, that's a good question. I I was also believe it or not, I also did. Theater. I was a theater kid too, nice. so I, I had a number of interests. I, I played. I grew up playing the piano as well, okay. so I had a number of interests yeah. and a number of things. And basketball was just kind of the casualty because it was in the winter. Uh, that was when the school plays and stuff were, and I just had to pick. And I, I, I was the student manager uh, my junior and senior years, and I actually practiced with my with our varsity team my senior year. Sometimes they need a body, yeah. and I would practice. I suited up for one game, yeah. and it was my Rudy moment. <laughs> and uh, and, right. Yeah, I, su- I suited up once. Let's go, yeah, I suited up once, and uh, our point guard <laughs> dimed me off, and I finished the layup and one. And the yeah. crowd, it was it was really special. It was nice, and and that's all I needed. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I yeah. have that memory of of my basketball career. Now, even though I didn't play on the team, sure. I would still play at the rec centers and things like that. Right. And even now, you know, back before 24 hour fitness closed, I play the, out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, 20, you know, pickup games and stuff like that. It, it was always my favorite, but I just it wasn't the sport where I focused the most energy. And you know, looking back. If I know, if I knew then what I knew now, you know how to be cold. Yeah. What with the time and energy and effort, but it's hard. To, <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to figure that out when you're a kid. You know it what I mean? Definitely is. Big time. So it, it was just kind of one of the casualties of of my, I guess, scholastic and athletic development in other ways. And yeah, you know, it all worked out. I remained in close proximity to basketball, and For it was sure. the sport I paid attention to the most. And um, yeah, so give me give me your football style what position you played in even baseball too give me your, your style oh there. baseball I, I was in in little league i was a catcher and an infielder oh you was controlling the thing I, man. I had a, i had a blast nothing more fun <laughs> than being a little league catcher and then when oh, i got control everything yeah yeah the pace of the game yeah, all yeah, that, yeah, that, was, that was fun and when i got into high school i was more of a utility guy i played center field my junior year okay my senior year i played all three outfield spots a little third base i caught a few games just kind of wherever my team wherever my team needed nice. me yep. i was I, I i pride myself i was solid defensively i struggled as a hitter Okay. I can admit that. Yeah. Baseball is hard. I was it not. Is. I was not a great hitter. Okay. Um, football. I was a quarterback. I okay. Thought, uh, I was gonna ask catcher, that. quarterback. Yeah. yeah. But you running things. Hey, I'm fully transparent. We were 0-9 my junior year, 0-9 <laughs> my senior year. Oh. Yeah, it was tough. That's but, tough. But you tough. know, you go through. You learn things. You learn about. You learn. You you bring in that your family tradition of your dad from Cleveland. <laughs> I know, right? I, I know. Uh, don't say that. <laughs> no, right, right I, into them high school days. Yeah. But you know, there's nothing. Even though we struggled, um, and in my career didn't go the way I wanted it to learn a lot from from losing from having things from putting work in and having things not go your way and yeah, then from absolutely. being part of a team and all those things and just dealing with adversity so that it was a adversity great adversity builds character really quick yeah. would we like to win some games absolutely did right. it happen no are there some regrets <laughs> sure but those are in the past and we're here now so right. just to kind of wrap up on because one of my questions I, I thought you were a quarterback so who did you like was your style after, or who was your favorite quarterback growing up? I saw you rocking a couple jerseys too. Mm. So. Oh, you done your research? <laughs> yeah, you did your so, research. So you know who, who was like your your quarterback of choice, or that you followed or uh, emulated uh, your game uh, after? Um, 
I love Tom Brady. I respected his okay. greatness, his competitiveness, just the way he performed in big moments, still does. I mean, yeah. even into his 40s. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I admired the way he, just how he was always prepared. Yeah. You know, he always was fully prepared. Okay. Um, I, but I, you know, I, I respected a lot of guys from the, that era. Steve McNair. Cole. Um, Cole. Yeah. Uh, Peyton Manning, of course. Mm-hmm. How could you not respect Peyton Manning? Even Eli Manning to a degree. Yeah. Uh, degree. But I, I admired, <laughs> yeah, I admire a lot of those. Dante Culpepper. Oh, he was yeah. he was our he was our quarterback in yeah, Minnesota when I was yeah, yeah. When, when, when I was growing up him, oh, and, Randy. him, him and Randy Moss yeah. had some epic connections yeah, yeah. get your roll on EJ check get it out roll on. <laughs> yeah so uh, a lot of those guys but you know I I, I tried to play the position um, you know with some freedom calling stuff at the line of scrimmage maybe we'd see a matchup we'd like even okay. if, whether it was practice or games and right. hey you know we tried to do that it wasn't a ton of freedom in our offense but but I tried yeah I tried so nice. yeah. What's that offense? Oh man, we we ran a pro style offense. My, nice. you know, one tight end, three receivers, okay. one back. Not much fullback. Under the center, uh, some under the center, but some gun and exactly. some pistol too. Oh, okay. Yeah, not, so uh, not so, run the pistol. Okay. Yeah, I mean that was it was kind of a that was a phenomenon back like that was rare. You it know, was. Nobody ran the, now every team in the NFL or half the teams have some pistol yeah. sets, but it was it was rare back then. So, so uh, give me <laughs> your high school. What was the, the the process? You were the uh, centaurs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you you've done a lot so, of your research. So I was thinking like, hmm, centaur different, right? You know, doing your thing, and then I was like, purple. So y'all are purple centaurs. Yeah, we were yeah. purple and white. So, like, did that put fear in the people <laughs> when you guys step on the court as a centaur? And did y'all have like an actual mascot in high school? No, we never had a mascot never at had the one? games, okay. unfortunately. Okay. Um, you know, it, I. I I would. I mean, certainly on the football field, we didn't put fear in anybody. <laughs> At 0 and 18, we were lucky if we were competitive. You know what I'm saying? We were lucky if we were competitive. Uh, but our basketball team, my senior year, again, I was a student manager. Mm-hmm. I wasn't on a team, but we had a we had a pretty good team, and okay. we ended up having an environment at some of those home games. And we had a, a great point guard um, who was, you know, a friend of mine to this day, Freddie Young, who was an All Conference player and an All Metro player. And we had a group of guys that played really well around him. There That's was awesome. there was an environment and an atmosphere, and it, it was fun. It was it was a lot of fun. That was rare. There was not a lot of enthusiasm uh, around sports in my high school. So to have an atmosphere at some home games, a basketball game, it was a big sure. deal. So give me Brooklyn, then. Like, what is that community like? You know, when you think of Brooklyn, there's Brooklyn, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so what was BK Center like? You know, the community. This was a small town. Was it like we a, were? We were so Minneapolis, obviously the the big city, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. We bordered Minneapolis to the north. It was, oh, okay. So my, I grew up. Fifty uh, third is the border between Minneapolis and Brooklyn Center. I grew up on Fifty Fifth. So we were very much a part of of kind of the Twin Cities of the Twin Cities environment of the of the of that atmosphere and, and whatnot. We were almost an extension of Minneapolis. Gotcha. Very, very, very diverse. Um, very, very, very diverse community. Um, and yeah, just, uh, uh, a lot of great people so, and, uh, and a lot of, um, people from all backgrounds, all walks of life. And it was a great place to grow up. Good. I mean, couldn't have been any, any better. I lived eight minutes away, like, like, like Miles said, um, a lot of rich sports. We have the big 10. We, so we have yeah. NBA, NFL, NHL, uh, major league baseball, WNBA. Now we have the MLS yeah. and the big 10. Yeah. So there was no shortage of sports. I was, I grew up eight minutes Shit. from the target center. Stuff. Eight minutes from the Target Center, ten minutes from the Metrodome, and yeah. uh, it was it was really cool to have all that. And then, I, of course, like you guys said, I went to the University of Minnesota. It was important that I go to a, a Division One school with big time sports, for you sure. know, for what I wanted to do. That's sure. a great plan. Yeah. So, a Brooklyn uh, native uh, of your high school, a famous alumni. Name was Marcus Harris. Yeah. Center. Yeah. Yeah. You know about him now. Oh, of course. Everybody, <laughs> everybody from Brooklyn Center knows. So about there's Marcus an interesting Harris. fact about him. So he's a wide receiver. Yep. Yes. Played at the University of Wyoming. Yes. Monster. Got Won it. the Bolitnikoff Award. Yeah. But never, didn't play no snaps. Never played no snaps. Nope. No, he None. got drafted, though. Seventh round. <laughs> Seventh round by the line. Snap. Played the one only Bolitnikoff winner one. to not do that. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So, the writing. You wrote in high school, too. So, how, how, how did you get into it and, and start from there? I was always interested in, in stories. I remember when I was a kid, you know, in class or even before school, uh, before I was enrolled as a student, it was a dark and stormy night and you know <laughs> detective so-and-so is on the scene who was doing this it just stories uh-huh. and words were something that always appealed to me my mom read to me all the time when i was little you know before bed and things like that and right i'm sure even when i was in the womb and it was always books were always a part of my life words things of that nature and it was just kind of something that snowballed and it was something 
I felt comfortable doing and something I felt like I, I, I had potential to do and to do well. That's so dope. So man. I would read a lot. I would write a lot. And it just it kind of just materialized that, hey, I can have a career in, in, in journalism and media. Uh, I started up a blog. Uh, I, I knew I wanted to be a journalism student so and, and a journalist, but how could I get an advantage? So this was back in 2008, maybe. I started up a blog and would just practice on there, which is nonsense. Yeah. It's still up. Yeah. Uh, if you want to go, to, uh, I'd like to think I've come a long way. I'm not sure. <laughs> I would like to think so. But I would, I, I would practice just how I would write an article or different opinions or different takes. Who 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 should be on the NBA All-Star team? That's dope. Who are the top NFL teams through eight weeks? Things like that. Who yeah. are the best receivers? Yeah. And I, I would do that to practice. I also wrote for the high school newspaper and you know just took a lot of English courses and enjoyed the kind of the discussion and the dialogue that went around language and writing and communicating. Right. So you did a lot of stuff. You <laughs> stayed busy. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that, you know, they talk about you reading books is like, keep the kids busy, keep them out of trouble. Sure. So... <laughs> What happened to the bodybuilding game? Man? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, you know what I'm saying? That, you know, how did that come about? When did you get hardcore into it? You know, and is that going to make a, a return? Oh, sure. Well, a good, good question. Good question. <laughs> I, 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 you, you guys came ready. You, you guys did a lot of research. I'm impressed. So, uh, I wasn't the biggest kid growing up. I was slender. And that's that's. You know, being a little conservative, I was I was skinny as hell. I was skinny as hell all the way growing up, and I got introduced to, to weightlifting in between seventh and eighth grade. It was just something to do in the summertime. It was something to do for a kid in the summertime. Mm-hmm. I enrolled in our, our school's weightlifting program, and I would do that every summer. And I would work out in the wintertime too uh, when I wasn't playing basketball because I wasn't on the high school basketball team. So uh-huh. right. I would be in the weight room in the wintertime preparing for football and other sports. Uh, for whatever reason, the weight never stuck. I had a really hard time growing, you know, all the way. Keep the weight on. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. That metabolism, uh, man. I, uh, I missed that. Uh, thing. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was. I was. I was a skinny dude. And um, but but I I always enjoyed the process of of even the, even if I wasn't putting the muscle on or the weight on that I wanted to, I enjoyed the process of exercising always, all the way through high school. Dope. Got into college, enjoyed it there too. Uh, in my free time. And it wasn't until I got really, really serious, you know, to the level, I guess, where I was wanted to do a bodybuilding show until that in, that summer I did an internship in Washington, D.C. Okay. I, I was an intern with WTOP Radio. It was a news radio station, but they had a sports uh, division. Uh, yeah, or, a sports division. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And for, for my internship, it wasn't this 40-hour-a-week type thing. I was in a few nights a week, like, cutting up tape and cutting up sound. Every once in a while, I go out to a... Uh, if it was a Nationals game oh, okay. or a uh, the Capitals mini camp, yeah. I did uh, the NBA draft at the Verizon Center, or Capital One Center. Now, uh, when when Bradley Beal was taken, so I worked different events, but oh. it wasn't it wasn't this uh, exhaustive internship where I was busy twelve hours a day. So because a lot of the stuff in sports is at nighttime, I would have the daytime free. Yeah. So I get up. We lived in the dorms. I would get up in the morning. I would eat as big of a breakfast as I possibly could, and then I would go to the school gym mm-hmm. at American University. And because mm-hmm. I didn't have any, all my friends from the internship were working. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything to do, so I'd spend four, three, four hours at the, the gym. gym. Yeah, yeah. And because <laughs> I was because we were in the dorms, <laughs> and I was on the school meal plan uh, and had oh, all the food I, yeah. at the, at the oh, American yeah. University dorms. It just became something where, for the first time, I really started to notice some changes. I love it. And I got back, so that was in between my sophomore and junior years. My junior year, I'm moving into my house. Uh, we had eight. We 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 had both sides of a duplex. Okay. I didn't know all my roommates super well, uh, but there was one of them, my friend Jordan, who I'm, I still keep in touch with today. We were just texting earlier. We have a group group chat called the UMN Bodybuilders, University of Minnesota Bodybuilders. <laughs> but he's from a he's from a, a town about an hour and a half south of the Twin Cities called Mankato, and there's a real rich fitness tradition down there. And he was super into weightlifting and bodybuilding, and his dad was a former competitor and he told me ah, you know, we were, were talking as we're moving in hauling in TVs we're just ch- chopping it up getting to know each other better right. we were acquaintances but we weren't quite friends and he had told me hey you know I was thinking about doing a, a show an amateur show I don't know if I want to do it and I said come on let's do it like let's let's do this I like mm-hmm. it and uh we lived together and really that was the foundation of our friendship that entire year around school around internships jobs things of that nature we find two or three hours a day to go tough. to the rec center and, and actually a funny story to put on some weight <laughs> so obviously um, that I means putting on weight still was was hard. I mean, yeah. even if you're even if you're lifting weights all the time. So so a shortcut. We we drank a gallon of whole milk a day for oh. a month. So in addition to all the meals I was eating to yes. kind of put the foundation on for try- my physique, I would drink a gallon of whole milk every single day. And I put on like 25 pounds and yeah, finally found, felt like it. And it, <laughs> wasn't, yeah. and it wasn't all good weight by any means. It wasn't all good weight by any means. But 
Oh, uh, it gave me a foundation to work with. And, and listen, I was not, I'm, you know, I'm, I wasn't Ronnie Coleman. I wasn't Jay Cutler or any of those guys. <laughs> well, funny you mentioned Jay. I mean, he has a Cutler classic here in Las Vegas. Yeah, he Hell, does. I think he lives here. So, I mean, if you want to make the return, right? Uh, right. You got some local inspiration. Yeah, that you for can sure. Get back for sure. This is it. the bodybuilding capital of the world. Yeah. Uh, but as a result, I had a, drinking all that milk. I had a, a base to work with. And we did a, a natural show, a drug free show, Mr. Natural Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I did not place. I didn't place at all, but it was. No, Something a, a goal a goal that I I set my mind to. Yeah. Um. I did the whole thing. Just with the, doing you it. You know, man. with the posing trunks. I did the diet for eight weeks. I'm doing the cardio. That, that tan. Yep. Oh yeah. The spray <laughs> tan. Spray <laughs> yeah. This, all that. And I went out uh, yeah. at Bloomington Jefferson High School in May of 2013 and flexed in front of a bunch of strangers wearing nothing but posing trunks. There it Hell is. yeah. And and it was a it was a it was a heck of an experience. And the the joy I felt when we had finished that our group, you know, me and my two friends that we competed together and did uh-huh. the show together, uh-huh. it was amazing. Just having, working towards, for, uh, towards something, something for 10 months mm-hmm. and then doing it, with, regardless of how you finish or not, or if you placed, it was a ton of fun and really rewarding. And, I, you know, I wanted to do a show the following year because, okay, I, it was my first time. Now I know what I'm doing. I actually tore a tendon on my left thumb opening a can of beans and had to be in a sling and a cast. Yeah, there's can two, openers. Yeah, yeah. I, I, not, I, mine was pretty bad. <laughs> no, I'm about to say, was you Popeye in that motherfucker? Yeah, I was. Trying to, trying to I squeeze was. it and pop the spinach out the mouth. Low key, low key. I, I, had, a, I had a rusty Shit. can opener, only got half the lid off, tried to yank it off, and it cut my thumb open. And Jeez. I was in a, a splint and a cast. I had to do physical therapy and all that and couldn't work out for three months. Ugh. And never really quite recovered that year. Yeah. So I didn't do the show in 2014. But to this day, exercise, fitness, Health, wellness, all those things you a, know, is a big passion part. of mine. I mean, that's that is awesome. that is a that when I'm not working, that's what I love to do. So give me give me the the you you mentioned one of your teachers. Your I'm sorry, your professors in yeah. college. Yeah. So was there any other university that you could have chose besides University of Minnesota, or was that was just the one? I mean, I always kind of knew. Um, even before I had applied or went through the whole process, it was always just kind of a thing where in my head I'm going to go to the University of Minnesota. Yeah. So I applied at Iowa State. I only applied to three colleges: Iowa State, University of Minnesota. And the University of North Dakota. Mm. Uh, but as soon as I got accepted to the University of Minnesota, we called the that? U back home. Yeah, I knew I was going to go there. Nah, I the toured U. North Dakota, but I knew, yeah, I, hey, I'm man, this is... No, yeah, I, I'm going to let that slide. I, I grew it. Yeah, I, yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> uh, I grew up um, going to go for football games. My uncle had season tickets, and every once in a while, he would take me to go for football games. That's it was just awesome. kind of one of those things where I knew, yeah. hey, we got Big Ten sports. It's in the heart of the city. Yeah, uh, There's there's a... Uh, Everything I want in a college, and that's where I, that's where I went. You you guys got my guy PJ Fleck. I'm, 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 oh, I'm you're a Fleck fan. I'm, I'm a big fan. You of your boat, man. Yeah. Yeah. Boat. yeah, I'm a big fan. Last year was historic. Yeah, it was I know. Historic. What'd you think? What'd you think of him? You know, I was a little skeptical at, at first. I was okay. a little skeptical uh, about you know kind of the rah rah approach. The yeah. you know uh, we love each other, and, <laughs> and I was I was a little skeptical. I, I yeah. wasn't sure how it was going to play out. This but, is the Big Ten. Yeah, this is the Big Ten, right? This is the Big Ten. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. You, I mean, you gotta you're gonna you're gonna bring that approach, and you're gonna go coach against Urban Meyer <laughs> right. and, and Jim Harbaugh, and, right. and and now Ryan Day at Ohio State, and, yeah. and, and guys like that. So I was I was a little skeptical, but. Slowly but surely, you know, improvement, improvement, and then you get the, the 2019 season was just, we That's hadn't awesome. had a season like that in my lifetime, and, nice. and I mean, it was the best season since 1960, Yeah. so it was unfortunate that we couldn't follow it up I- I here in 2020, but if there's any year to be down where it's okay, where you, you get a pass for it, it's, it's this year, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. this year. So I, I I admire what he's doing. I think he's doing a great job. He's great got job. several guys in the NFL. Yep. Rashad Bateman's going to be a first-round pick. Change the number back to 13. Get that zero out of here. Right. <laughs> he's going to be <laughs> he a – he'll be a first-round pick. He will. And, he's and, cold. And, and, and PJ's done an excellent job you yeah. know, developing guys and, and, and bringing a culture that looks like it's working to, yeah. to the Twin Cities campus. The For football sure. team, when I was there, really struggled. Yeah. Really struggled. And I, I, me as a student journalist, I was covering losing teams. So yeah. it was cool as an alum now – where I can be a little bit more of a fan and don't have to be so critical to see the team have some success. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So we want to jump into the career, man. So jumping into the game, um, you know, you mentioned two times around, so we're lucky that you you were able to, you know, come back, you shot your shot, did an internship, and, you know, it's definitely taking a gamble of something that you have that's certain, (laughs) you know, for something, an opportunity. So I'm glad that worked out for you. What is your role? And if you, I mean, because I know it's developed. You've been here for some time. Yeah. So kind of take us on what you started out as when you came back and to where you are now. So, yeah, I guess when I first started, um, 
I was a I was a high school sports. I was an intern covering high school sports, and this was before the Golden Knights. This was before the Raiders. This was before the Aces. So, which makes that shot like it was before all of these uh, before, other teams yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, it was you, before all did that. Did you decide to make so take this, that chance? This was so that's September, awesome. This was September 2016. So wow. there was UNLV. Yeah. There's boxing. There's UFC, and then there's high schools. And our, and our site, the Review Journal's prep, uh, prep sports site, was called yeah. NevadaPreps.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. Super comprehensive, and we had a full staff of, I think it was me, three other reporters, uh, somebody that was kind of like a clerk that did a lot of the, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff, the stats and all that, and then an editor. And it was really comprehensive. It was I'd never seen anything like it for high school sports. And I started covering uh, high school volleyball games, high boys and girls soccer games, um, what what else is in the fall? Cross country meets. Yeah, I mean things of that nature. And I looked at it as, this is what I'm doing. I'm out here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm covering, and I'm going to cover it the best to the best of my ability. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's period. It doesn't matter that I was just a, fr- a freelancing in the Twin Cities covering some Vikings and things like that. This is where I'm at, mm-hmm. and this is this is the product. This is where I'm where I'm working. I'm going to put everything I have into this. And of course, I've been a, a lifelong boxing fan. Um, I remember my dad having Tyson fights on when I was a kid. Things like that. And we had a, a boxing writer at the time named is Gilbert Manzano, who's now covering the Chargers for the Southern California News Group. He's killing it. He's doing an awesome job. Awesome. And I expressed to my editors at that time, you know, I want to I want to cover some boxing. I've been a lifelong fan. And, and Gilbert kind of took me under his wing. And, and I covered a couple of fight cars with him. Uh, Ward Kovalev, Pacquiao Vargas, and just got I had a chance to interview Roy Jones Jr., which at that time was one of the biggest, my biggest one-on-one interviews to that point. So even though I was only covering high schools, I was inquiring, what else can I do? Yeah, I did a UNLV football game. That was a big deal. What, where else can I fit in? Where else? How else can I help? That's Things awesome. of that nature. So it was only three months. Um, it was so short. I committed to returning to the Twin Cities to finish out coaching the 2016-17 high school season. There were a couple seniors, one in particular that I was extremely close with, wanted to see his career through. That's nice. So that's 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 what that's why I left. Um, or that to was one of the reasons. The basketball yep, coaching. Yep. That's and I, awesome. And man. I let the RJ know ahead of time. Uh, hey, I gotta I gotta leave. This is our season opener. This is what I'm doing. So I can only be out here ten weeks. They're completely cool wow. with it. They understood. Cool. So I go back to the Twin Cities. Uh, I finish out coaching his his senior year. He graduates, mm-hmm. and then I'm back out here. The RJ again had reached out to me in April. I'm back out here again as an intern, mm-hmm. technically. So I was yeah. technically oh, really? an intern again, but it was more full time. It was better paying. It was more full time the second time around, and it was more sustainable. Jeez. So I came out here again um, that June, June of 2017, and right away my first assignment was I'm covering uh, Knights Knights rookie camp. It was it was right before the Knights' first year. I'm covering Knights' rookie camp, and I'm just I'm I I pack unpack my stuff on a Monday. We mm-hmm. sign, assign my lease to my apartment on that Monday. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, I'm out in the field. Wow. There was the NHL awards that week, uh, and just I'm I'm helping out wherever I can. But most after the summer, I'm back in high school stuff. Okay. So it just was one of those things where I'm on the high school desk for a year. Uh, the Aces come to town. They know I have a basketball background. I get put on the Aces beat. Fantastic. Had a ball. You see me wearing a Rocking. WNBA yeah, yeah. hoodie. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, I, so I get on the Aces beat when I come back. That's in 2018. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 2018, the fall comes along. I'm back on high schools. I'm, I'm doing high schools. Uh, a lot of great high school sports out here, by the way. Yeah, for you sure. have Bishop Gorman. Mm-hmm. You have uh, great uh, basketball programs. Gorman, Coronado, Clark, all Philly those yeah. teams. Prep, Durango. Yeah, yeah Finley Prep was out here. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and then you have great, uh, great club programs. So there's high level sports. Baseball. Everything's good. I mean, I was mm-hmm. really impressed with the quality of play. So mm-hmm. Very serious. I was back on the high school beat, and then it, it just kind of was one of those things where things were transitioning. We were getting more, more pro sports. They moved me over to a kind of a general assignment role. You know, Gilbert, who I mentioned, leaves. They need somebody doing boxing. I'm on boxing. I'm doing GA stuff. I'm on aces again. I'm, I'm helping out here. I'm helping out there. Mm-hmm. And when the pandemic hits and everything slows down, we weren't sure. I, I was originally moved to the UNLV beat, and, and I, I tweeted out, uh, beginning in you know in May, I was going to take over UNLV in June. Right. That was something that had had developed, and um, just kind of the way everything was with the pandemic and with all the uncertainty with Raiders coming here this year, and and the Raiders of course being the NFL and it being the inaugural season. Right. Our paper was was committed to doing a, a really comprehensive, thorough job covering the Raiders, and it just so happened that I was brought aboard the the established team that we had a great team where Spent I was working time, alongside man. our lead beat writer Vinny Bonsignor, where I was working alongside Adam Hill, awesome. who's covered any everything and anything and everything in town for twenty years. Nice. I'm working alongside Ed Gray, and he covered the Raiders. Top bombs columnist. on this yeah. right yeah. now. <laughs> I'm working alongside Heidi Fang. I'm working alongside Cassie Soto. Just some incredibly talented yeah, people. I was awesome. so fortunate to be included. And that's how I'm uh, where I'm at now covering, you know, covered. I mean, the season flew by here. It's week 17 and, and I was on the Raiders beat. So it was one of those things where it was very gradual. Uh, it was it was it was at times slow developing, but 
it was something I always loved doing. I always loved writing. I always loved being around sports mm-hmm. um, and being a former high school coach. I love covering high schools because right. I could connect there and um, just grateful for the opportunities. You know, the RJ believed in me and gave me a chance to uh, multiple platforms to, to to show what I can do. And, and I've just tried to put my best foot forward. I love that shit, man. I mean, excuse my language, nah, but you're good. nah, man, because because a lot of people when you, when you watch or when you look at sports writing and sports journalists, you always see where they're at now, yeah. where you're at now, right? But they don't see the grind part of being an intern, sure. and being, you know, covering high school sports mm-hmm. and things of that nature. So I absolutely love your 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 story, man, and and I'm I salute you and keep going for Thank it. You. So you've covered a lot of sports, right? Yeah. So what are the different styles in the writing when it comes to them? Oh man, um, that's a great question. For me, first and foremost, regardless of what what sport it is, I always look at you know what the human element. Oh, okay, right? We, yes, these are great athletes. Whether they're great high school athletes, go ahead. Whether they're great college athletes, whether they're great professional athletes, but they're people first and foremost. So, what is the actual story? That's kind of the lens I try and view things view things with first. And then, of course, around that, we can be more analytical. We can look at some of the numbers. We can look at some of the styles of play. We can look at things like that. Right. Um, there is a difference, I think, between covering team sports and covering individual sports. You know, boxing is, for the most part, a very individual sport. You have teams of trainers and things of that nature. But it's the, the story kind of centers around the individual fighters themselves. What did they grind? What did they do to grind to get to where they're at? That's, yeah, absolutely. That's the interesting thing to me. Whereas where teams, the preparation, all that, everything yeah. to, to get you up to that point. As right? where teams, there's there's different elements, different things you look for. Everything is collective. Every everybody's working together. Things of that nature. So I kind of go into that with with that frame of mind. But I'm always first and foremost, my at least personally, I, I try and look at you know what is the best story? What is the best human human story? You know the numbers, the stats. Those are all of it. We can you can go on ESPN.com and look at box scores. You can do things like that. What what what's beyond the box score? What do I get from what? What, what can I convey to readers from watching something and using my lens? What can I convey to them about like this game that. or about this person? Things of that nature. And I have a long way to go. Right. Um, I'm always trying to get better. I'm always reading and, and trying to do things like that. But that was that's kind of the style that I've I've developed just through my time as you know student journalist, the different jobs, internships opportunities I've had to where I'm at right and now. Then, and then from where your perspective that you sit, obviously individual sports and team sports, there's probably a different mindset of the athlete that goes sure. into it. So have you seen in your experience, I guess that how that plays into their personal personalities when you're doing kind of their, you know, background story about who they are or does that, it's just an athlete is an athlete. Um, yeah, I guess to each, it depends on to, to each his or her own. It kind of depends on who the athlete is as a right. person. Um, I, I, I think the qualities that are more important, I mean, in team sports, it's important to, um, to get along, to be easy to work with, to be willing to be adaptable, to be willing to change, to be willing to, uh, to sacrifice things of that nature where in individual sports, I mean, uh, a fighter it's only them in that ring, right? Right. There's, you can't tag somebody out. You can't get replaced. So there's, I think that there's elite athletes are elite athletes regardless. They all have a mentality, a drive that got them to be in the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. And that's something I, I always yeah. admire. I mean, these yeah, are the, the best in the, anybody I mean, you got it the, too. I mean, gallon of milk a day. <laughs> you in that elite mindset too. Uh, uh, but there's something I, I've always admired the best in the world at what they do. For sure. And that's what I, you know, I always try and capture that and keep that in mind, whether it's an individual sport, whether it's a team sport, regardless of what the sport is, whether it's a college athlete, you know, these athletes had to grind, had to sacrifice, had to do a lot to get where they are. And I always try and view it through the human lens first and foremost. Gotcha. That's dope, man. Well, I just want to, you know, reiterate those sentiments because those are two of the things that I had to want to discuss. It's just one, just give you your flowers of, um, working in sports, it's always sens- sensationalized, right? People are always thinking that they only see one part of it. They don't know the grind, the the, the headaches and the other parts sure. of it. So, you know, thank you for sharing. You know, I want to, you know, say thank you as well. Um, the other part of it is you've experienced it in a different time zone. Well, different time, I should say. Uh, what is it that you learned in this COVID time or the, the industry learned that you think will be different, whether it's positive or negative? Oh yeah, um, the so everything now is via Zoom or via phone interview, <laughs> whatever, right? So, I I imagine that's going to be kind of the norm moving forward, uh, and and I, and I understand why, right? Like for the teams, it gives them kind of more control Troll. of who they make available, yeah, and right. I get that. I I try and always think of the other side. Of course, me as a journalist, I want as much access as possible, but it gives teams a little bit more control, and there I don't, I, I get why they want that and why that's a positive for them. And it's it's just in general, there's a convenience to it. It's just yes. for the Raiders press conferences, 
now I, I log on to Zoom. I get the email from from Will or Katie mm-hmm. about what time the press conference is. Uh-huh. I click a link and bam, there's the press conference. Everything is boom, 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 it's and it's up. done. So there's there's an efficiency to it that I think is not just necessarily in journalism, but in in the world. Yeah. We figured out that if we have to be more efficient, we mm-hmm. can be. Oh, 100%. I, I, I think the the kind of the nine to five work model is going to be revolutionized moving forward to the office setting because so much of this stuff. We figured out, hey, we can adapt, we can adjust, we can do this from from remote, we can do it from afar, uh-huh. we can collaborate if we need to, if there's a big time challenge. We dropped everything and figured it out. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's going to be sustainable moving forward. Now, what do I want there to be that kind of one-on-one? I don't think you can replace the the, the one-on-one connection that, that we're having right now from being in the same room. That's I think that's really hard to duplicate. And I think that affects your story. <laughs> 100%. Right? Because like you said, when you, when you uh, go to create that lens, it's understanding them and saying, Let, how can I tell this story encapsulating of, you know, reporting on that player, sure. right? So not having that um, kind of diminishes it a little to bit. To a degree. Right? Now, yep. can you still build relationships? Oh, I believe absolutely. It's just it's just it's gonna be a little bit we're yeah. gonna have to adapt as as journalists to to doing that in, in twenty twenty and moving forward. So I think that's probably gonna be something a, a little bit more permanent. And I think just kind of in general, um the way we approach again in it just safety and, and be like that's I think that's forever changed too. We're gonna be so much more conscious of of respecting each other's space and things of that nature as well. Gotcha. All right, so uh, we want to jump into these quick hits. Um, quick hits is sponsored by Scotch Porter. Uh, men's uh, self-care uh, starts here. It's a perfect holiday gift. Uh, the promise that they give you is multi-purpose hair, face, and beard products that effectively um, that are highly effective and easy to use. Um, the rest is up to you. Stay fresh and go to Black & Sports to check out the special gifts and offers discounts. MH. Yeah, before we get into it, we're going to do a little something special on oh, this one, man. Okay. A little, little, little special quick hits. You going to tell Quan to drop it? Yeah, DJ, hit hit that track real quick. What you got? Come you need on. need to count in? Hey, Come on. Let's go. Uh, let's get uh, it. Let's go. Uh, hey. You let's guys go. did your research. Let's go. Come <laughs> on. We back hey, in the cafeteria. High school. Hey, uh, 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 where the pin at? Where the pin at? <laughs> on the beat. Let's see if I still remember. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. How should I start this? This is a Kanye beat, but not heartless. <laughs> this beat is under construction. Tear it down, build it up. I, <laughs> out the window, Minnesota oh, okay. kid, but I never liked the twins though. <laughs> New stadium, first pitch in T-minus O hours. TC kid getting paid, young Joe Mauer. Uh, okay. Call it snow showers, we, we, trying to grow the money. <laughs> Nope, no flowers. <laughs> Producing honey, I'm a bear like Cutler. Raps leave wildcats upset butler. <laughs> but I'm a wildcat. Hey, you guys dug, dug through the crates oh, to find that one. Yeah. Let's go. Hey, James, oh, let me man, James I did Brown not see you. that coming. Let me James Brown a, you. <laughs> I was all off beat. I had to fit that one in a long nah, time, that's man. Cold. Oh, that's cold. That was my How beat. How did you guys I find that? <laughs> I don't know, man. Control out the lead. Journalism. <laughs> uh, you guys are teaching me how to do, teaching me how to do my job. Oh, shit. So, uh, so uh, first time, if ever, you've been starstruck. Oh, oh first time ever, I've, I've been starstruck. Does it count if I'm, a, you know, being a kid? Don't count. That's first first time count. Ken Griffey, yeah, first. Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. was my favorite baseball player when I was a kid. I no had a doubt. big junior poster on the wall. Yep. I had, you know, like the light fixture, you know, you switch the, I had a Ken Griffey Jr. light fixture. Yep. I had his game on Nintendo. Yep. It's Mariners gear, jersey. He was my favorite, my favorite athlete as when I was six, seven, eight years old. And um, I got his autograph. We would, my dad would take me to, to, to uh, Twins games. We'd wait out front and sometimes we'd try and get autographs. And the right. Reds, it was his first year with the Reds and he gets out of a car and I couldn't believe it. Like, I didn't yeah. think he was coming through that entrance. 30 Griffey. And I had a ball, and Mr. Griffey, please. <laughs> and he grabbed it, and he signed it for me. Hell yeah. It was amazing. Dope. Yeah. Right. Since you're a basketball guy, I want to get this. Yeah. Okay? Your all-time starting five. Give me your all-time starting Ooh, five. Oh, my all-time starting five. So, as in the five best players at the five positions, or no, no, no. the starting – You're the coach. Starting five. You're the coach. Okay. So I, want the, I want the rotation. And give me a six-man off the bench, too. <laughs> okay. Um – Come on, quick hits. Let's go. Steph Curry. Uh huh. Okay. Michael Jordan. Yep. LeBron James. Okay. Ooh. Larry Bird. Okay. Tim Duncan. Okay. Who's coming off the bench? Uh, ooh. Matt Magic. Matt. Dang. Ooh. I like it though. I got. I got. Ball, I got ball speech. handling. Yep. I got shooting. Yeah. I got yep. size. No, you, I got you defense. You don't. No. I, 
I rock with that. I'm gonna throw it in the shack on you. That's why I was having Shaq. <laughs> I wrote Shaq down before he even said it. But okay. I got, Tim Duncan could bang with Shaq. He could bang with him. Yeah, one of the few something. that could. All right, last one. Okay, we we got into this, yeah. man. So the goat, MJ, are the other twenty three. You mean LeBron or the other twenty three? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Got him. <laughs> Yes, right, that's it. Okay, it we'll end on that. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that off camera. Right? <laughs> respect to both guys. Respect. Okay, respect to both guys. All right, I got um, some one-offs too. Yeah. Um, greatest basketball moment for you? Um, interviewing Shaq or taking a shot at Rucker Park or playing ball at Rucker Oof. Park? Oh man. I'm gonna say playing ball at Rucker Park, but yeah. it's close. Yeah, okay. that was that was that was fun. That was cool. It, it, it was they definitely a it, it had a unique feel to it. And it felt very New York. The, and the rules we play 21 there uh-huh. rules are way different in New York than they were in Minnesota. <laughs> I'm pretty sure way, they way were. different, way different, way All different. Right. I gotta take 30 drills before you take a shot in New York. Golly. And then one more quick hit, and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll move on. Is who will be the first pro team to bring a chip to the town? Aces, Raiders, or VGK? Hmm. Aces. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah they're, they're right close. there. They're very close. If I, I mean, but Knights are close as well. They I've are been close. Very close. They, they are close, but Aces. Aces were all were just in the finals, and they're getting Liz Cambage and Kelsey Plum and Dierica Hamby, who missed the finals. Missed WM. All, yeah, all, yeah, all, yeah. all of them are going to be all of them. Was it ankle or, or something? All of them are going to be back. They they've improved each year, and now you you go through something like that, you have that heartbreak in the finals, you're steeled. You you, you grow some. It's it calluses. Yeah. Yep. That you can't. Angels back too. Yeah. Yeah. Angel was fantastic this year. <laughs> They got a squad. They, they're they're loaded. It's gonna be a problem. They're loaded. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a problem. God. All right. So now we want to jump into the winner circle. Um, the winner circles where we just talk about your platform, and uh, it's sponsored by Nevada Grow. Um, Nevada Grow here providing the right data, making the right connections, facilitating the right, um, the right processes uh, to help you grow here in Nevada. You can follow them at MV Grow on IG. So we're doing a little something different. Um, you know, on your on your platform is we wanted to talk about athletes versus media. Mm. All right. Hot so topic. yeah. And it's so <laughs> funny because when me and miles are in the locker room, we talk about certain things and we were like, Oh, we need a media perspective. So we definitely, so now that we have you, sure. you know, we just want to, I just wanted to start off with where did the beef start? <laughs> what, what's the, what's the issue? Oh man. Oh, from my perspective, from your perspective, absolutely. where does the beef start? I, I think, you and you're a professional athlete, right? I, 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 the sense I get is everything that you kind of do on the field or on the court, like I, I think the athletes understand that's fair game. That's going to get talked about as long, and, and it's okay to do whether they're playing well or playing poorly. If you can back it up, if you come with facts, uh, whatever. If you if you've done your research and, and backed it up. Now I think where it gets dicey is when there are when 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 it can be irresponsible or when when I write when you write a story about an athlete but don't necessarily talk to them to get their perspective or don't make an attempt yeah. to talk to them or get their perspective if it's something controversial and we all know mm-hmm. what type of things can strike a nerve right like every journalist knows this might not play too good and and obviously sometimes you still have to write some of those things but can we do it in the most fair responsible way possible and uh, I think the beef started and from us you know, us mm-hmm. sometimes not being completely thorough or completely responsible with what we're putting out. And I think there are lines that get crossed sometimes um, when you go into personal lives or are making yeah. character uh, set, uh, judgments and things of that nature, putting those out there uh, in print or whatever or on the, on the air. Yeah. Uh, when you're lobbing <laughs> stuff out there, that's that's tough, right? Again, what athletes are paid extremely well to do what they do, or in most cases, in the WNBA's case, not nearly enough. They need right. to get paid more, but that's a dis- discussion for a different day. Right. Um they're getting paid extremely, extremely well to do what they do. They understand there's a publicity to it, and it's that that required most most um, team sports. You're contractually ob- obligated to talk to the media, media. so so they, there's an understanding there. But when it gets personal, that's when I think um, beef starts. And 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 then of course there's that you know the distrust. I mean, it just kind of snowballs from there. And, and I get it, right? Like if I'm an athlete, and I always try and think of it from the athlete's perspective. Like I, I went out there, I threw five interceptions, I I fumbled, I sucked. And then you're going to ask me about <laughs> how bad I sucked in front of 50 million people. Yeah. Like, that's tough. That's tough. So, I, you know, personally, again, I can only speak personally. Personally, I can understand why athletes get, you know, frustrated with certain questions or certain things or mm-hmm. feel like, because that's really hard. I mean, think about it. You 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 prepare your entire life or 
for weeks or months to do this thing and then you do it extremely poorly and then there's people are jumping down your th- it's it's hard mm-hmm. so i think just those kind of things and then now there's more forms of media than there ever were before that part there's yeah. there's everybody has an opinion and right. everybody has a platform oh, that's or a, a way question to, that's on here yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That part. That's, so, that's definitely a question about so that. th- that's where i think it started now i've been very fortunate personally as far as i know uh-huh. to, to not have any beef with any app maybe some athletes hate maybe athletes hate me and i have no idea mm-hmm. but that's never been brought to my attention i've had very cordial professional relationships with most people i've covered but uh, it's you know it's dicey. I mean, obviously we want all our colleagues to to have great relationships and to continue to to do well, so we can all do what we we love to do, and what we want to do, and, and that is provide information, tell stories to the fans and to the people who are who are um, concerned or who, who care about that kind of thing. So it's tough. It's definitely I think evolved yeah. over the course of the. Yes. Not that it was not that it hasn't always been a problem to a degree, but uh-huh. it's evolved for sure. So the I guess there's a, a theme now with with current athletes that maybe it's always been, but trying to control their own narrative sure. so a lot of them do their own shows and their own podcasts or however they want to control their own narrative i hear it from their perspective but i've never really heard it from the journalism perspective so what is your thoughts on that kind of piece? why wouldn't they if they yeah. have the ability to to have a a podcast or to have an instagram or to get there like to to, to be able to speak their truth mm-hmm. from from their perspective and not have the media you know sometimes we might botch something or screw something up or twist the right. meaning and then i think i mean I'm not perfect. I haven't batted a thousand. I do my best, but that doesn't mean that every quote that I wrote or every story that I wrote kind of came off the way I wanted to. I'm always critical of my own work, things like that. So if, if I was an athlete, yeah. Oh yeah. Who would, who would I rather talk to? If I'm a, one of the best hoopers in the world, who would I rather talk to? You know, a journalist that can do their best to understand or another one of the best hoopers in the world that really gets it and really understands me. So I, I understand it completely. Obviously, I want all the exclusives or all the stories I could possibly get. I mean, who wouldn't want that as a journalist? But right. I can't. I think it's a great outlet for athletes to have to to tell their own stories in the different forms. Players Tribune, again, social media, yeah. what LeBron's doing with uninterrupted, you know, things right. of that nature. You're seeing more and more of those. I think it's great and it's healthy. And at the end of the day, it's about getting content to the fans and getting stories to the fans and the people who are interested. If that's another way to do it, then that's great. Nice. And and one more thing. Oh, go ahead. We got to do like that forces us, me as the the, yeah. the print journalist or the podcast guy or the whatever role I'm in. I have to do better. Step your that game makes up. me want to step my game up. Okay, Facts. I want to do well too. I want to I want to be able like to continue that. to grow and get better. That's dope. So we talked about line crossing and I'm Stephen A. Smith is a habitual line crosser when he yeah yeah, definitely and is there a balance to that's needed because there's some people that say he does that as a show like that's part of his thing right but then like when he had that beef with kd and he was like looking into the camera talking about i know i I, I know i scared of you man chill out (laughs) right where he's kind of doing personal threats and things like that i mean i think that's too far right and then but then there's the other part when you look like historical you know um the other 23 when him and Ahmad were like really close right sure apart from the media mm-hmm. you got something to say Ahmad? Nah, you okay? no, I'm, okay. okay. I'm listening okay just, just making sure take note too I'll be <laughs> and then also um you know Ali and um Cosell yes right yeah. yep. like they really ham and egged it you yeah. know to, to, to bring a do you see that anymore or is that dangerous like does that cross the line for you for your journalistic integrity and all of that stuff I mean there's I mean, I would. I have people, people I've covered that I've developed relationships with. I think that's kind of natural. You cover somebody long enough, you get to know them a little bit. Mm-hmm. You you do see them as more than a person, and hopefully they see me as more than a journalist, right? Like mm-hmm. I, 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 that's what I do for a job. But I'm also a person, just like somebody plays basketball for a living. But they're also a human being as well. So yeah, there there are. It's it's they build relationships and you have I mean people athletes have certain journalists they trust more than others and sure. um, you develop that by by doing a good job by being thorough and and by doing things the right way and and, and by doing um, things professionally at least that's from at least that's what I believe or gotcha. how I try and I want to be as professional as possible in every way shape or form that I can so um, yeah yeah I mean again like you said I I don't. I think there are there can be things that are there can be ethical lines at, mm-hmm. at times that you don't want to cross, but I haven't I don't necessarily think MJ and and Ahmad you know cross that line or or Stephen A and Allen Iverson obviously they're very close too right. I don't I don't as long as because Stephen A still kept it a buck you know mm-hmm. he would still as long as you're still keep being truthful and honest with your readers and telling it like it is um, then I think it's okay but but when it gets to a point where you're being like really biased with your coverage or 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 things like that or or aren't. Or misrepresenting things, that's when I think it crossed the line. So I think it's on the journalist 
to be professional. To be professional. That, that's that's who the onus is on. It's on me to make sure things stay professional. Nope. In today's world, a lot of people want to know who the person is, who you are. I mean, that's part of the reason why IG exists, social media in general. So I, I feel sometimes, a lot of times in, in journalism, you hear less of the facts, what you were saying, less of the nonfiction part, but more of just whoever the journalist is, their personality and things like nature, right? Yeah. So where's the fine line that you have to, I guess, juggle there where it's not like just Sam's personal, you know what I mean, just just Sam's, you know, whatever you feel like that opinion, right? Whoever you feel, it's, it's just more reporting on the facts. How do you balance that? For me, at least with my articles, my stories, and my my social media. So as you guys know, Twitter is a big part of journalism now. Right. Super I like to, good. my approach, every journalist has their own approach. My approach is my Twitter, my social is strictly professional. Perfect work. Yeah. Yep. It's strictly work related. Now, if we get in a forum like this where we're having a conversation, then I'll open up and, you know, we can talk about me personally. But I, I want to be known, at least in that realm, that that is a pro- professional account. And I want my Twitter, my social media um, to be nothing but professional. So that's that's me personally. But there are a lot of other journalists yeah. that kind of incorporate. And that's not there's not that's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, as long as it doesn't take away from their ability to be professional when it comes to covering the team and doing their job and reporting the facts and writing the stories. You know what I mean? So, so far, I'm a huge fan of Skip. So he's obviously he started foundation in, in writing and print journalism. Yeah. And now he's like a character now. So. Is that something that you would ever want to do, or is that how, how do you feel about that? Well, I got into writing because uh, it was my dream to get into having a radio show or having a so first dope. take or, or an undisputed or a uh, the herd with Colin Cowherd or mm-hmm. in, in my in, in my hometown of the Twin Cities the bumper to bumper show with Dan Barrero. He's yeah. the drive time show there. Yep. That that is that's kind of the that's the path I saw myself on, and, and the reason I got into print is because. Dan Barrero, Skip, mm-hmm. Stephen A. They That's all they started, started out in print. Now that was in 20, 2009, 2010. I had to make that decision. Obviously, things have changed. This is 2020. The s- social media, the internet has taken off in ways that those guys didn't have the opportunity. Now, mm-hmm. now I can start up a podcast. You we, you guys have your podcast that right. does extremely well. I can do a blog. I can do all these things. I can go independent. So um, to, but to answer your original question, I would love that. Mm-hmm. But with those guys, with with Skip, with Stephen A, with Colin, with with all the, the 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 those guys on that level, I think it's understood, right? They're not purporting themselves to be <laughs> yeah. reporters anymore. Right. They graduated from that and moved on to commentary. Yeah. So they get a, it's it's pretty it's very clear. <laughs> yeah. Right. Those are opinions. That <laughs> those are true. those are opinions and things like that meant to it's facilitate entertainment. Yeah. It's entertainment. It's definitely entertainment. Entertainment. So <laughs> uh, that's that's uh, still a dream of mine. But yeah. I got a long way to go. Yeah. I got a long way to go. Hey, don't don't cut yourself short, man. You putting in the work. I appreciate so, it. Um, the social media aspect. So it's big now, right? I mean. We talked about it. Is there any feeling that it's still in thunder or like the the things you're putting out doesn't hit as hard? Mm. What do you mean by that? Well, like if I'm breaking something like instead of coming to you before the news media or the media was the outlet, Mm -hmm. I can break it on my own. Sure. And you see that sometimes. And you see that a lot. Right. And I mean, even to where you're watching stuff, they're like, oh, such and such, you know, athlete tweeted something about it right mm-hmm. and that's the lead of the story so is it sometimes where that message is just okay well they already said it there's no need to talk about it or write about it so that's why i'm saying like stealing your thunder from that aspect uh, i mean every journalist likes to break news or have scoops and even if there are certain things like that for Giannis, for example so he nobody broke his re-upping <laughs> with the bucks him signing the supermax he announced that right now of course would a journalist like to have had that uh, yeah for sure but there's always going to be opportunities to to do reporting and to break news and have scoops like that I, I again i think anytime an athlete can control their own narrative that's great that's that's more power to them because um we know athletes used to not have a lot of power like you said back 20 years ago the only way to get your message off was to talk to the local beat writer or to call into yeah. the local radio show nowadays you have platforms to, to you know for certain athletes to reveal to be who they are and i guess certain journalists too right. so I, I don't think it necessarily steals any thunder it's just it's on us to adapt and figure out how to do our jobs when you have that element out there nice so there's Marshawn Lynch, and then there's Kyrie Irving. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you, and it's so funny, because they both are historically known, you know, from past and now more Kyrie Kyrie Irving present, but they have two different um, feelings towards them from the media. Sure. What, (laughs) is there anything that Kyrie can do, you know, to change his perspective? Because Marshawn's like, man, I'm just here so I don't get fined. And like people endeared him ultimately yeah i, I guess sure, right yeah that won him some fans for sure i mean it, you saw a guy that was being who he is 
that didn't that wasn't going to put up a facade that wasn't going to just <laughs> spit out the cliches at all. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. We as journalists always want athletes to be unfiltered or coaches to be unfiltered and, and keep it a buck and not just spit out the cliches but whenever they do that then it's a problem oh then it's a big controversy so and so said this it's, yes so um to i i understand where marshawn's i get where Kyrie's is coming from so so but Kyrie is not being authentic is that why like he's- no i'm not saying that i think i would say Kyrie too like is being authentic i mean he said i don't want to do this and yeah, he and thinks he, the world is flat if, if that's what he thinks then that's what he thinks you know what i'm saying <laughs> if that's what he thinks that's what he thinks um but i get i mean i get why why he doesn't want to partake in the like of course we as again we as journalists want that access but i, I get it i get it he says one thing then he's a laughing stock. You know, <laughs> Kyrie's an idiot. Look at what he said about this. And and as an athlete, of course, he bears some of that responsibility because you don't have to speak as much as we don't want cliches. Right. Like we can't stop you from giving a generic answer. You know, we got to play better as a team, or you know, we're one day at a time. Like you On can give Cincinnati. Us, yeah, you guys can. <laughs> like anybody can say that. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Uh, but so he he opened up a window and he gave us some answers that were going to lend themselves naturally to to some some ridicule and some you know some jokes and things like that. So uh, <laughs> he he's not obligated to do that. He doesn't have to do that. But as a result of what happened, I I get where he's coming from. I'm with you, Kyrie. I don't believe in dinosaurs. So <laughs> oh my you. gosh! But uh, I, this is a way off topic. But I I wanted to make sure I shouted you out for this. I thought it was super cool. The uh, future academic ballers, man. I think that was really dope. Oh, thank you, thank yeah. you. So yeah, a little bit about that. Um, I'll, I'll be very quick here. Yeah. Uh, a good friend of mine who I coached with at Brooklyn Center High School, Lucas yeah. Patterson. Mm-hmm. That's his um program. It's a youth development kind of character development program that uses basketball as a way to get through yeah. um to, to these kids. And I had an opportunity to coach with them. I coached alongside Coach P for two years, and then. I, I coached the 16U team this summer before I moved back out here for good. Yeah. So um, he, they actually have a prep school. He, he He's the AD at a prep school now, the first ever prep school, prep basketball program in Minnesota, That's Minnesota prep, Preparatory Academy. Mm. A couple of my friends are on the staff. They're with them, all three great friend of mine, uh, Lucas Patterson, Henry Mulligan, Jake Schwartz. want to give those guys a shout out. They're doing yeah. really special things back home, and it was an honor and privilege to be involved in leadership and to have the chance to work with so many great kids and, and yeah. to use basketball as a, as a way to hopefully have made a difference. Oh, that's big time, man. No, that's great, man. And just what's – do they have like a website or a social something that you can plug really quick? Uh, Min Prep Academy, I think, is Minnesota Prep. And then I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Fab is, is MLP – it's in my Twitter bio. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, so it's time. it's up there. But yeah. those uh, I'm, we, we I'm very that. close with those guys. They do amazing Stop. work. Big time advocate for kids, and all they want to do is provide kids in the Twin Cities an opportunity. That's, That's fantastic. Time, yeah, so we'll definitely put that up there. All right, so man, we're kind of getting close to wrapping it up. Sure. And here's where we come to the assist. All right, so this is where you get to put your coaching hat back on. Okay. All right, you get to drop a gem. Um, it could be a philosophy, words you live by, a quote. Um, something you would tell your younger self, but this is just the coaching gym. So uh, leave us uh, and the people listening with the coaching gym. Oh, man, my favorite, I guess, quote or phrase, I guess you would say phrase is stay gold, right? So you guys remember the book, The Outsiders? Do you have to read that in school? <laughs> They're, stay gold, pony boy. Um, <laughs> me and my friends, a couple of my friends in high school, we, you know, called The Outsiders. It was just kind of, you know, our that was it, a rap, it was that a nickname. Was a rap yeah, name, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pony boy. I was pony boy or whatever. Oh, but, that was the rap name. Uh, uh, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But but what is stay gold? So hold on, hold on. I'm so ahead. sorry. I'm glad. So Pony Boy, is that because you were a centaur? Was that part of it? Maybe it was. Maybe it was. I'm sorry. I'm no, you're good. I'm you're good. You're good. No, get back into it. Though. Uh, I'm sorry. But, but stay gold. Obviously, that's one of the big lines from the book. Stay gold, Pony yeah. Boy. That's kind of the memorable thing. But it's mm-hmm. based off of a poem for written by Robert Frost where nothing gold can stay. What does that mean? It means over time, just because of how the world is, how messed up it is, as we know, you can lose your enthusiasm, you know, nothing gold can stay. You lose your innocence, and I guess, or your your youthfulness, your youthful spirit. Stay gold to me means keep your integrity. Don't let the world, you know, however hard it is, you know, take who you are away from you. Nice. Yeah. So that's the kind of the, I guess, a, a phrase that's motivated me or inspired me throughout the course of my life. I guess another word, uh, buzzword, focus, right? Like, are you focused? Like, whatever I want to do, I'm trying to be focused. If it's right, if I'm writing an article, I'm going to make this the best article, whether it's 10 inches, whether it's 45, whether it's a profile or a news brief. If my name's attached to it and I'm working on it, I'm going to focus on it. If I'm at the gym, I'm going to lock in. You know what I'm saying? If I'm, you know, hanging out with my friends, I want to be focused on hanging out with my friends. Everything, and I'm I'm trying, you know, it's not, it's not like that all the time, of course, but anything I do, I want to be fo- focused, locked in, and then, you know, do it with with character and integrity. Stay gold. I love it. So those are kind of the two phrases. Yeah, I love it, man. Well, hey, thank you so much, man. We really enjoy 
uh, having you here, man. You dropped some nuggets, man. It was just a good time, man. That's what we like to have I, here. Man. I, so. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you letting me uh, live out my my the rap career that I never had. <laughs> um, and, and, dig, and digging that up. And digging Bars. that up. Yeah, yeah. That, that, another big passion of mine, hip-hop hip hop music yep. and music in general. So yep. that, that was fun. I didn't expect that. Hey, that's the thing, that. man. We got to keep you on your toes. And like I said, just love shining. People getting to know all aspects of you, man. Thank you. That's the thing about the show is we want to show all dimensions and just, you know, you're more than just Sam on the screen I behind the thing, man. Yeah, man. So thank you. We I really enjoy having you, man. I had a great time. All right, man. Thank you to listeners for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show as much as we did. Um, thank you to all our sponsors. Um, if you'd like to become a sponsor, reach out uh, for the show to get ready for next season. Uh, please check out our locker room content. We drop those on Tuesdays. Um, but this is uh, end of the year, man. So we're closing down. So it'll be uh, 2021 uh, before you see us on the, uh, the full formats. Um, and just remember, stay safe, practice gratitude, and know we're rooting for you. Screaming, all us blacks got a sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody in black. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody in black. Yo, 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 yo. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody in black. Spat bouts and racks on handmade new rags. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody in black. That's everybody from sports to conscious class to 